Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to another episode of the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and today I'm joined by Kara Mosby. Kara has done three years of training in what is called 19 Relational Skills through Thrive Today and Life Model Works. They take brain science and scripture to teach relational skills for healthier relationships. Kara is married to Josh, and they have two beautiful children. She is the owner of Trove, an online clothing store, and they live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Kara, welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, will you tell us a little bit more about the training that you have in the concept of joy and the joy work that you do with women? Sure. Yeah. So I spent three years doing what we call, I like to call it joy training, but they call it Thrive. Um, and what we do at Thrive is we learn the brain science, the left side of the brain, the file cabinets that you keep all your knowledge in. We do that work before we get there, and then we spend seven days just working on the right side of the brain, the relational side, the experiential side. So we would just, we would work on like activities that would help us build our joy, Mm -hmm. activities that would help us build the 19 relational skills. So yeah, so I've taken, I've brought that home uh and I work with women in recovery and I teach joy class with them and I do a lot of smiling and a lot of just pouring into them that they are of value and worth and enjoyable. Oh, that's good. I love that you said they're enjoyable. I think that's something that as women in general, it's really hard to believe sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. So what is joy and how is it expressed? Okay. Knowledge bomb that I'm about to drop here. So I grew up in church and We always talked about that there was a difference between happiness and joy, Joy. but joy Mm -hmm. was like this elusive thing that nobody could quite define for me. And so it was always intertwined with happiness. Um, Mm -hmm. But brain science has actually proven that joy is experienced as someone is glad to be with you. So you think of it like in a healthy situation when a baby is born. She comes out of her mom's womb and they hand her to mom and mom has this bright, big smile on her face that says, oh my gosh, you're the apple of my eye. You're the best thing in the whole entire world. I'm so happy to be with you. I'm so glad to be with you. And that baby Mm -hmm. has done nothing to deserve that worth or value existing, right? right? So that's the best way to describe what joy is. Big smile when your eyes light up. So That baby has done nothing to earn that worth or value, but it's just Mm -hmm. that they exist, that they are enjoyable because they are. And so you experience joy when you walk in a room and someone's face lights up to see you, their eyes go wide, their, their mouth smiles wide, and you can tell your brain and your whole body experiences that person is glad to be with me and you experience joy. Okay. That's really cool. And so how, what does that look like if we aren't a baby just being born? Like, and how would I experience joy with you today or something like that? 
Yeah. So actually, we jumped on the call and I'd had a hard morning and your eyes said to me that you were glad to see me. We haven't seen each other in a while and Mm -hmm. your face lit up to see me. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same concept that we just express physically what we're feeling internally joyful to see someone. Yeah. Yeah. So even like your voice tone said, Kara, I'm so glad to be with you. Mm hmm. And so that makes sense. Like even on the opposite side, we have to guard against that when we might be dealing with a person that we maybe are frustrated with or um, don't particularly care to be around that we aren't communicating the opposite signals with our tone and our facial expressions and that kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or it's kind of that how can I be glad to be with you in – my anger or in my sadness or in my shame. It's a whole practice because when we sin, when we are in sadness or anger or shame um, or hopeless despair, Jesus is still glad to be with us. And Mm -hmm. so it's that act of like having healthy relationships where it doesn't have to be bright and sunny and cheery for you to be glad to be together. So in having the relational skills to say, yeah, I'm frustrated right now. Let's work through this and keeping that your ability to be relational on so you can work through that frustration and be glad to be together. Which makes me think, yeah, we're going to have to have a right relationship with Jesus to understand that he's glad to be with us, even in the midst of our sin or anger or frustration or whatever, that he delights in us and that we find our joy in him. And we're going to have to get that right with the Lord before we're able to really get that right with people around us. Yeah, I think it can go both ways. So when I'm working with women in recovery that don't have a relationship with Jesus yet, many of them do, Mm -hmm. but I can express to them that they have value and worth because they were creating the image of God through joy building with them. And because I'm a person that's right in front of them expressing that, that gives them an understanding that the Heavenly Father would be glad to be with them. Does that make sense? Oh, that's so, so cool. It can go both and ways. It's kind of a tool to share Jesus with other people then. Absolutely. I totally, oh, so I have cool. friends that go to Disneyland in Paris, France, to build joy with the characters and build joy with the staff there as an outreach. I it sounds love so that. Fun. Sign me up for the next trip. Let me know right. when that's happening. So what are some ways that people try to chase after joy that aren't necessarily helpful? That's such a good question. We have what we call beeps. So it's behaviors, events, experiences, or people or substances that we use to bring about like false joy or to help calm our emotions in a false way. Um, I'm in the fashion industry. So Mm -hmm. I follow a lot of fashion bloggers, a lot of fashion influencers on Instagram. And you'll see them a lot of times like, oh, I was having a bad day. So I went to Target and bought some clothes, made me feel better. That's false joy. That's a false way of calming your emotions. Um, So that would be what we call a beep. Those are like those ways that you're trying to bring about joy, that you're trying to calm your emotions that actually aren't, they're not helping you stay relational with Jesus, with other people in healthy relationships and with yourself. Hmm. So I see that a lot with um, 
people my age and friends of mine who will turn to Netflix and just binge on TV shows to feel better or hop on social media. And me personally, I've had to limit and restrict my social media. You can set a timer on your phone. It's wonderful because I will just get on social media and mindlessly scroll and then I don't feel better. I actually feel worse afterwards. And it's a false joy that I'm chasing. Yeah. You're looking for something to help calm that emotion, but you're not staying relationally connected. So I I like to draw out a triangle and I put God at the top and then on one Mm -hmm. side, healthy relationships and on the other side, myself. So when I'm seeking to calm my emotions and not staying relationally connected to God, self and others, others being healthy relationships, Those are my Mm -hmm. beeps. Those are those pseudo joys, those false joys that I'm seeking. Okay. So that seems like it would be helpful to draw out that triangle and say, this is what's inside the triangle of keeping me connected to what you said, God, self, and others. This is what's outside the triangle. Me watching Netflix by myself for eight hours is outside of the triangle and probably not going to help. Yeah. Yeah. So you're trying to calm that emotion without it being relational. Okay. So what are the big six emotions and how do we turn to joy from heart emotions? The big six emotions, um, heart emotions are fear, anger, disgust, shame, hopeless despair, and sadness. So if you think of joy as camp, we call it joy camp sometimes, we get away from joy camp and we need a good, well-walked pathway to get back to joy. So in reminding ourselves, joy is connecting with someone that is glad to be with us. So when I'm in sadness, if I can, if I have a healthy relationship nearby that I can connect with them and even like name my emotion, Taylor, I'm feeling sad right now, um, or connecting with Jesus, Jesus, I feel sad right now and allowing that person to pour into us that they're glad to be with us. It doesn't make that sadness go away, but someone is glad to be with us in it. And that brings us joy. Um, I think of Job in the Bible when he lost everything. And at the beginning, his friends just sat with him. And that was what was crucial is they just sat there. They were glad to sit there with him. It's when they opened their mouths and started talking that maybe wasn't as helpful, but In those moments that they just really proved to him with their actions, I'm glad to sit here with you in your morning. Yeah. And so many times we have this false view of Jesus that he's going, Kara, get up, get out of that shame, get out of that sadness, get out of that fear and just come with me. But really he's coming to be with us and to sit with us in it and to walk alongside us through it. So knowing that he's glad to be with me in my fear gives me that strength to keep walking Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, So what does it, is it our brains? Like, is it something, a brain pathway that we're connecting to get back from heart and emotions to that joy? Like, is it, is it something in our brain chemicals or is it just, we have to continually practice this over and over and over again. And that's how we make that well-worn path back to joy camp. Yeah. It's a lot of practice and it's a storytelling So if I can tell stories about how I return to joy from a hard emotion, that tells your brain, oh, I didn't know that that pathway was a way to get back to joy. I should try that next time I'm in sadness. So you think of scripture, like 
all storytelling. And it's to show us how to get back to joy, how to get back to that connection with Jesus, right? So mm-hmm. we storytell and then we just practice over and over. Oh, that's really good. Well, and you say the word storytelling, and I'm thinking too about when, I think this is a problem that women have. Personally, it's something I've experienced. When I am in a funk, maybe I'm feeling sad or I've had a hard day, I tend to go inside myself and pity party and Mm -hmm. start telling myself worse things. And it's not helping. It's just assuming the worst. And then I get further and further into that pit almost. And that is the opposite of what you're saying, that we have to tell ourselves positive things and return back to Jesus, tell ourselves what is true uh, about us, what Jesus says is true about us, to return to that joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even sometimes it's saying, Jesus, I'm in shame right now. I could tell I did something, and that person did not want to be with me. I, I need you to tell me what you like about me. Mm-hmm. And just sit with him in joy for a minute. And actually like express that emotion to him. And let him say, I'm glad to be with you, Taylor. I'm glad to be with you, Kara. Mm -hmm. And start walking that pathway to joy. Because joy is relational. So the way to get back to joy camp is never alone. It's always with Jesus or with somebody else. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So the Bible talks about how the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, Why is that? Or how is that? Yeah, that's one of my favorite verses when I learned about joy. Because when you think of when you are sitting in anger or hopeless despair, and Jesus is glad to be with you, or you have a good friend that's a healthy relationship for you, that's glad to be with you, and they will help you walk back to joy camp, your roots get deeper and deeper and deeper. And brain science has actually proven that a brain that can return to joy camp or return to joy in about 90 seconds is like the healthiest brain and the strongest brain. So, Oh, that's cool. A brain that defaults to joy is the strongest brain in the world. And I love it because brain science has proven that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, that's so good. When I know in my sin that I don't have to isolate and pull myself away from him in shame, but I can be with him and together because he wants relationship. He wants us to be together. Oh, that's so strong. We can return to joy and move on together. I could go on for a while about how the joy of the Lord is our strength. I love that. And I love when we see science proving what the Bible has already told us is true. Right? I love it. Oh, that's really cool. Um, So what are your thoughts on the phrase, choose joy? So redefining joy again, joy is that someone is glad to be with you. Mm -hmm. You can't choose that. I can't choose for you, Taylor, to be glad to be with me. Mm -hmm. I can choose to be with people who are glad to be with me. I can choose to connect to Jesus and know and accept he's glad to be with me. But Mm -hmm. I can't just go, okay, I'm joyful now. I'm going to choose it. Your brain doesn't actually have that capacity because joy is relational. So you can choose to do things that can build your joy, but you can't just choose it. I even think going back to that verse, like, the joy of the Lord is our strength. If we say choosing to be with the Lord is our strength, like when we look at joy as relational in that sense, it makes complete sense. Yeah. 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 
So because I love joy and it changed my life, I people will gift me things that say choose joy a lot. And I'm always like, ooh, <laughs> but um, not quite their heart is in the best place. Uh-huh. Oh, I love it. So how can we raise our joy levels? This is great. It's, it's something you have to actively do. Mm-hmm. So some things that have helped me is like one thing I do is when my kids get home from school, I put everything down so that I can smile at them. Mm -hmm. So I can express to them, you were gone all day at school and I'm so glad to be with you right now. Um, When I see my husband at the end of the day, I have to actively tell myself, put down the spatula, look him in the eyes and smile. Because I am glad to be with him. I'm glad he's home. I need his partnership and his parenting with me after the kids have been crazy in the afternoon. I want to be with him, but I need Mm -hmm. to actually turn and express that to him. Because when I can express that joy to him, he expresses it back to me. But another is just sitting with the Lord. I like to ask Jesus what he likes about me. What does he enjoy about Taylor? Mm -hmm. Because he enjoys you. Yeah. So many times we think maybe that like we'll sit and do that practice of like, Jesus, what do you enjoy about me? And something comes to mind. We're like, oh, no, that's just my pride. But if you're if you're in a position where your your ability to be relational is on, you're in a good place and you can ask him that he'll Mm -hmm. give you his thought. And so go with it. I had a friend that was doing an exercise with Jesus on a journaling exercise And Jesus told her that he liked her hair. He like literally said, I love your braid today. It's so pretty. And she expressed that to me and it, my mind was blown, but that's exactly how a father treats his daughter. Taylor, you look so nice today. I love how you did. Yeah, he does. He loves how you did your hair today. That's how my husband, Josh expresses one way. He expresses to my daughter, Fenny, that he's glad to be with Mm -hmm. her. He pours into her encouragement. So why wouldn't the Heavenly Father do that to us? Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Um, so I've heard you talk before about dance parties that you've done with some of the women you work with and just smiling at them. Will you tell us a little bit about that as a way to raise our joy levels? Yeah. So a lot of the women in recovery, most of us are deprived of joy. So it's not just women in recovery, but that's a context that I'm teaching in. Um, so they're very, um, yeah, their joy levels are pretty low. So I want them to know when they come into my classroom that I'm so glad they're there. So every Monday during class, we turn the music on loud and they can choose to give me a high five, a hug, or we can dance it out. And yeah, it's a a moment for me to look them in the eyes, to have good eye contact and to express Mm -hmm. verbally and with my nonverbal cues that I'm glad to be with them. That maybe they've just rushed in from work that morning or they had a hard session with their counselor, but I'm glad to be with them. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I love it because so many of them are, they're defaulting to shame is usually Mm -hmm. what it is or fear. Um, So for someone to come in and just say, you could have messed up totally today and I'm glad to be with you. They keep asking me like, what do I do, Care? What do I do to get joy, what do I do? And I'm like, it's this. It's right here, looking me in the eyes, smiling at one another, and having that moment of, I'm glad to be with you. I even, the other day, a lady came in. She's real young. And I literally had 
thought through driving up to the facility. I'm, I hope she's there today. I really want to see her. And so when she came into the office, I was like, I am so happy to see you. And I let my face say it. I let my voice say it. I let my words say it. And mm-hmm. her brow like furrowed down, you know, it kind of scrunched together. And she said, you're, you're doing that thing, Kara. And I was like, what thing? What am I doing? And she said, you're, you're trying to do that, that, that joy thing. And I was like, oh, you think I'm not really glad to be with you? And she was like, well, I don't know why you would be. Oh. And I was like, I, and the thing in that moment was she didn't need me to overwhelm her with joy to like keep pressing in. So, because that would be too overwhelming for her. So I just, well, I want you to know, actually your brain knows when I'm faking it, when I'm not really glad to be with you. It's not smart, but I am glad to be with you. You're a very enjoyable person. And she kept looking at me like, I don't know about that, but I, I let it go at that point. And so every time I see her, I want her to know you are enjoyable. I am glad to be with you. And it's just that little bit of building. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So what would you say to someone who is struggling to feel joy? There's actually a great practice of appreciation that is really helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we get like a notebook and we have a gratitude journal and we'll just write Uh down all the things that we're thankful for. I think Oprah told us to do that like 20 years ago and all the cute journal companies are now making them. But my challenge in that is to not just list off what you're thankful for, but to like relive a story. So to, Mm. to think through that moment that you really felt appreciation. What, how did your shoulders feel? How did your body feel? What were your emotions in that moment? So you're actually like almost replaying it so that your body is feeling that appreciation. So that's a great way to help build joy. Um, Mm -hmm. You're thinking of a story of a gift someone gave you. and, And you're thinking about how they thought ahead of time that Taylor would love this piece of chocolate. I don't know. And they actually thought about you and they thought she would like this day. I know she's been having a hard time and just thinking through what they thought through, how you felt when they gave it to you, it sparks in you that feeling and emotion, um, which helps first bring you back to joy, but Mm -hmm. engaging with that over and over helps build those pathways in your brain, helps build those pathways back to joy and um, actually can help reset your joy levels. So if you'll do it for five minutes in the morning, five minutes midday and five minutes at night, do that for 30 days. And brain science has proven that that will help reset your brain for joy to be your default. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. I'm challenging all of our listeners right now. Next 30 <laughs> days, we're doing this together. It's, and it then we'll can check be in. hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it so somebody, I'm going to have to do it now because somebody's going to ask me about it. I'm going to have to tell them, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. Um, I have, I've only done the 30 days once and it really does work. Um, but I've done many ones, you know, I'll do it for a week to make sure I'm setting aside five minutes in the morning, five minutes midday, and then five minutes at night. 
Um, and it's really the full engagement of the emotions and the feelings in your body. So not just making out a list, but actually engaging with that appreciation. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I'm excited for our listeners to try that. Yeah. Kara, uh, this has been such an informative conversation. <laughs> I feel like I've learned a lot about joy, and I hope our listeners have as well. Before you go, um, we ask all of our listeners two things. One, what is something you're loving? And two, what is something you're learning? What is something I'm loving? We just got a new house, and we have a porch swing. And I live on a street with a lot of trees, so I can just sit on my porch swing in the morning and watch the trees change colors right now. So I'm oh, loving love that. that. It's a good moment of joy for me to be relational with the Lord and enjoy His creation together So and have a moment of rest. So I get the kids off to school and come back and I make my coffee and I sit on the porch on my porch swing and watch the trees and interact with Jesus. I love that. And what is, what are you learning? Um, I'm learning right now that if I am not obedient to the Lord, I, I, I don't have time to not be obedient to him. Yeah. And it sounds so crazy, but last week he asked me to do something and it was the right thing to do. And I knew I was going to do it. And I knew I knew I was going to do it. I just, it took me like two hours to do it. And when I was done, he said, Kara, that took so long. You missed out on time with your family. And in this season right now, there's just so much going on that if I'm, if I delay in my obedience to him, then I'm missing connection with my kids. I'm missing connection with my family, my husband, my good friends. So I don't know why I haven't been living that surrendered life, but I'm just in a mm -hmm. season where I just don't even have time to delay on obedience to him. So I'm learning yeah. to obey fast. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Well, Kara, thanks for being here today and sharing this with our listeners. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.